Welcome to episode 118 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch. What's happening? Nothing. Nothing. Another day in paradise. That's right. Well, uh, some people had a little bit more of a day in paradise than others. Yeah. Um, some people had to work while some people didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Something uh, like that. You know, uh, I was the worker and you were the one that was not, not working. working. Yeah. Uh, I've got a boat and pickup parked out in front of my house right now. Matt, uh, tell don't, don't totally spill the beans, but tell me, uh, what, what did you do today? I went and did a little fishing, got the boat out for the first time this year. Oh uh, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to go on Friday, but it was blowing pretty heavy out there on Friday. So I decided not to. And then the weekend happened and had other plans and, easter everything like that and obviously it was gorgeous two days there and not much for uh strong winds probably been perfect to been out on the water but you know family stuff comes first yep so then today i was able to get out there but it was pretty windy out there again today though yeah you know i think i think that there's a lot of times you know when you're sitting in town you know in town or, or just someplace a little bit out of the wind and it's like oh man today would be a real nice day to be out on the water well you get out on the water and, you know, I guess it's one thing if you're going to go and beat a bank or something like that and, you know, sit sit right along, uh, you know, a bunch of trees. But if, if you get out, you know, onto the lake very far, it don't take a whole lot of wind to make it pretty miserable pretty fast. Right, especially around here where everything is pretty wide open and uh, there's not a lot of shelter away from away from that wind. And I was on Big Spirit Lake and, yeah, it was... It was rolling pretty good. Yep. Big big spirit means big wind. Yeah. If if it's there. But no, it was nice to be able to get out. Yep. Um yeah, we'll talk about that here a little bit later. Um then How was your how was your Easter? My Easter uh you know, it was it was pretty solid. I'll be honest, we did not do a whole lot. Um uh Yeah, I, honestly, we just went over to my parents' place and uh we grilled a couple steaks and uh Mm, had some potatoes some asparagus it's getting Ooh, to be asparagus it is it, it, yeah. it we are it gets, in, closing in on asparagus season and man gets cutthroat around here you i don't ain't know a kitten. i don't know what it is like for some people like what our listeners what the other what all the dirt bags areas are like but it can kind of get a little like territorial around here for that asparagus that that is no joke whatsoever uh i i personally know my uh my wife's uncle's a farmer and he will like flat out chase you out of his ditch if, right. if he's. And I mean, it's public property, right? But I mean, they don't feel that way. I don't think a lot of people realize that they're driving by asparagus a lot of the times in the ditch. I don't think that they realize what it is. They just see that big brush, kind of bushy thing down in the ditch, and they think, oh, that's just some type of a weed, but don't really realize that it's asparagus. Yep, I got a buddy who's uh, from Sioux Falls, and uh, he's he's an electrician. He was down in our town doing a project, and the one day I'm cruising along, and I just happened, uh, you know, there's a vehicle parked on the side of the road, and you see somebody out there, and, you know, you don't think a whole lot, you know, uh, maybe, you know, uh, something blew out of the back of their vehicle, whatever, and uh, as I go by, all of a sudden, I'm like, holy moly, that was Willie, like, so I, I call him, and I'm like, hey, man, you all right, or, you know, you got a flat tire, or, you know, what what's going on? I saw this patch of asparagus <laughs> and he's been, he's been coming back and forth for like, you know, two, three weeks or whatever, uh, back and forth to rock rapids. And he's just been picking this like <laughs> every, every few days, every day he swings in there and, and grabs a bit more. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's definitely cutthroat. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't go out there and pick any old lady, little old ladies asparagus patch they'll get after you you roll up on my grandma's place and <laughs> I, I dare you to try i dare you to try that it, lady's it's wild freaking meaner than satan himself <laughs> holy moly but no it is it is asparagus season it is kind of ditch gold around here Ditch gold yep I'm trying to think if there's anything else besides asparagus that gets kind of that way i can't think of anything around here that you know we don't get a lot of the moral morel mushrooms a lot no every no. once in a while we might stumble across some but yeah not I, I mean i think you get a little farther south into you know into some of those hills and i i think it it right. you know kind of be along the same deal i found a bunch of morels a couple uh is it morel or moral 
I don't know. I think it's moral. Moral. I don't know. We're just going to call them mushrooms. Yeah. But the type of mushrooms that you can eat that are are highly sought after, uh, I found, you remember a couple years ago when I found some right in a public area, right where me and Matt fish all the time. It was busier than all get out. Honestly, walking by right. I was sitting down there fishing and, and I don't remember if I was heading back to my truck or what. And, uh, all of a sudden I look and it's like, holy moly, you know, and I'd never really found any of them before. And it was right. like, wow, dang it. You know, there's one and there's another one. There's another one. There's another one. And holy smokes. I mean, next thing you know. And, and so the only thing that I knew to do would be to call Tanner, my buddy Tanner, cause he eats all that goofball stuff. <laughs> and, uh. So he came down with, with some bags, and, I mean, we filled up a plastic bag, like, yeah, we filled did her up. Yeah, we And you, you like that mushroom stuff, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, I like mushrooms. You know, I see this uh, GIF or meme or whatever, a Facebook picture that's going around, and it says something like, who's the person that sees a mushroom and thinks, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to add that to my meal. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, my dad won't eat them, period. Oh, really? Like, flat out if he even knows that it is in something like my brother mike is the same way yeah he says you know there's there is no reason to be eating fungus <laughs> you know like fungus grows on your feet right fungus grows on like rotting dead stuff well that's like some of those the, all the other versions that are out there all the different mushrooms that people are always going out and getting and it's just like some of that stuff i mean the morel mushrooms, they look they look like they're like, okay, th- that doesn't look too bad. But some of those that are growing on sides of the trees and stuff like that, I don't know. I would say the morels almost look worse. Really? What do you think they look like? I don't know. Like that's... Like like a nut sack That's or like something? alien... <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> they, that's like alien stuff, though. It, it, it is it, a little like, weird. I mean, that stuff grow... Like, it'll grow four inches in a matter of like two hours and then all of a sudden just keel over and die like you know it, it just randomly crazy. grows in goofy spots like the word spore bothers me <laughs> it bothers me like it makes me think like it makes me get itchy so no mushrooms for no you. well like i said like i said if it like if i'm over at somebody's place and they already got it in the meal like i mean i like eating more than i hate mushrooms let's put it that way so you ain't gonna kick a piece of pizza out of bed right right that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like if it's already on there hey fair enough i'll eat that i'm not going to personally put it on there but uh yeah yeah i kind of that kind of went off it's all right yeah it is all right but it's that time of year around here you know it's asparagus mushrooms shed hunting hey, shed hunting I didn't you're normally any. the shed hunter i really didn't i didn't get out at all this year yeah well i think it you know i, I think everything just kind of all of a sudden it's winter and boom i mean where the hell did spring go right we went right into summer it was 80 freaking some degrees i literally was down in tampa florida last week and it, i mean it was it was basically just as warm here as what it was down yeah, in tampa yeah. florida it's crazy so yeah i don't know whatever that is what it is but you know we we were kind of talking there matt about spots you know people's asparagus spots people's mushroom spots how about some lake spots so so this this kind of came to me the other day i saw a guy on facebook write something to the to the tune of uh out on such and such a lake today and i just can't believe how many people are out there you know this is getting about freaking ridiculous and you know you read it and it's like uh, yeah i kind of get what he's saying whatever but then you kind of stop and you think like what makes that guy think that he has any more of a right than anybody else and so i'll, I'll put this out there you know we've we've talked about you know people from south dakota that don't really like it you know, the out-of-staters coming over and, and fishing their bodies of water while our seasons are closed. I get it. I get it. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, oh, yeah, you know, let's let's not let any, you know, out-of-staters come because, I mean, tourism and, and whatever, you know, that's, that's what drives, you know, uh, stocking. That's what drives these small towns, whatever. But, but, I mean, I do get where the people from South Dakota would – you know they they do have 
somewhat of a gripe. I, right. I can see it where gets, they're coming it from. It's a lot busier than what it normally would. But be. if I pull up to a boat ramp in, you know, say Okaboji, and there's a hundred pickups there, and you know, ninety-five of them are Iowa license plates. I just don't get how some people feel like they have more of a right to fish a body of water than anybody else. You right. know, I mean, you know, so I've got a friend who who's, I mean, he's big into hiking and mountain stuff or whatever, lives out in Wyoming. And uh, he, I mean, he is big time in making sure that the mountain and everything stays as natural as possible. Cool. You know, whatever. So then I saw him write a while back that he wanted to limit the amount of people that got to go into this national park every year. He wanted to limit it. Okay, you know, I guess, mm, yeah, okay. You know, whatever. So I think everybody thinks that, you know, oh, man, you know, so many people is is such a problem. But no, not me. You know, like if, if we're going right. to eliminate people, not me, because, you know, I deserve to be here because I take care of it. You know, I don't litter. Well, you know what? 95% of us don't litter. Exactly. Right? You know, right. I mean, 95% of us take care of the resource. 95% of us aren't catching our limit every single day. 95% of us, you know, are good stewards of the land. I mean, Right? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. As soon as you start limiting the amount of people just for the fact of like you think that there's too, that it's too busy, it starts to kind of take away from it being public. Right. Pretty soon as now it's not public because it's, you know, it's owned by the public, but it's kind of ran almost like it's private, you know, so, you know. And too many on whose whose opinion right exactly and i i look at it almost as kind of like um you could kind of like deer hunting uh a couple years ago in south dakota they were starting to complain that you know people could just come in and deer hunt you know like there's so many people deer hunting so many people deer hunting then all of a sudden they came in and uh started doing draw yep you know doing tags and other states are like that too and then pretty soon the people that were complaining that there was like all these people are hunting over here aren't getting drawn for tags. Now they're getting, now they complain about it, like yep. not, that they don't get to be the ones that go out and do it. And that's a lot of states, I guess. I don't know. That's just kind of what I'm comparing it to. Us. Right. You know, I don't know if you saw here a while back, but Meat Eater podcast did a deal and I don't know which guy it was in the Meat Eater crew. And I don't even know if it was part of the podcast. You know, Meat Eater has, has grown to be such a, you know, they own a camo company. They own, you know, TV shows, a podcast, you know, whatever, tons of stuff. But uh, they had talked about how, you know, hunter recruitment, hunter recruitment, and, you know, about how hunter recruitment was getting to be an issue because there was so many people out hunting that, you know, when, and this particular guy said that he was not happy because he was going out to some of his public land. And nowadays it was getting to be an issue where it used to be, he could go out and not see anybody for three days straight. And now he can't go three hours without seeing somebody. And, you know, he was kind of bashing, you know, hunter recruitment, you know, that, that we've overdone it now. And, you know, the same people kind of turned around and said, Hey, listen, that's not the issue. The land is the issue. You know, I mean, we want everybody hunting. We want more land, you know, public land, you know, we could, we could even go as far as somehow leasing ground from, you know, ranchers, landowners, all the way across the board, you know, farmers, uh, you know, for walk on stuff. But, you know, it, it kind of comes down to that same deal again. Like these people think that they have more of a right to the land than anybody else. I think it, it's it's pretty easy to think, you know, well, I'm, I'm always doing the right thing. And, you know, I'm, I was here long ago, you know, I've been hunting this ground for 40 years. I have the right to this ground. You know, these, these guys are just showing up this year. Yeah. Well, their tax dollars have been paying for it all those years. For all equals. It doesn't matter how right? long you've hunted something, how long you fished it. It's it's open to the public, so it's fair game for anybody. You know, you, you're you talking about that with lakes and, yeah, guys get into a ramp and it's super busy. I Is it inconvenient? Yeah, but 
that's just the way it is. I mean, there might be a different lake than that you can go try if you think this one is too busy. Right. But, I mean, if you're catching fish there, you're going to keep going out there and you're going to catch them. Right. Well, and I think the other thing that we all got to kind of sit and, and realize is, you know, I've, I've got some cousins that go and sit on Miller's Bay in Okaboji every single weekend all summer long. More boats, the merrier to them. Right. I mean, they just want, they want, if it was up to them, everybody across the whole entire Lake Okaboji would be tied up to each other. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't even be able to freaking go at an idol across the lake. And you could just hop from boat to boat to boat, cracking bush lattes and, you know, just freaking smashing, smashing beers and blasting smokes. And, you know, that's that's their way of doing it. it. Is it our cup of tea? No. But. They have every right to do it. Right? You know, I mean, it's, you know, just because we're not into it doesn't mean that. Well, it's just, you know, you talked about public land, too. Uh, yeah, most people use it for hunting reasons, but there's a lot of time for people go out for walks out on public land yep. out there doing, and we've seen some crazy stuff out there on public land before. Oh, dude, I've had horses and, come ride right up on me while turkey right. hunting. and So, I mean, it's, but it's still, it's still public land. There's nothing you can do about it. There's, I mean, unless they're doing something illegally, obviously, but if they're doing everything legally under the rules and regulations, I mean, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and just... I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been in that situation where I've been pissed. You know, I've been out hunting and somebody comes walking up. Right. And it's like, hey, you dumb son of a, you know, yeah. what the f are you doing? And then you find out that they've got a hunting license and they've got a habitat stamp. Mm. And there ain't a damn thing you can do about it right. you know just besides a, maybe go up and try you know right maybe it's, try to educate them uh, you know hey you're not gonna shoot a deer if you're just walking around with your bow you know <laughs> yeah. through the woods they they see you coming a long time before you ever yeah. see them an hour before sunset <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like uh now it's not the time to be up moving around there but yeah but Mean, but you know, who knows? All of, all of a sudden, then you get to the truck, and he's dragging out a big buck. Well, it, it happens. Right. I mean, sometimes I think you overthink it, and yeah, I know this is the Midwest Angler Podcast, but there's just a little hunting. You gonna do any turkey hunting this year, Matt? I don't know. I didn't do much last year, so I don't think I went once. I, I always have intentions to do it. Then it's just like maybe I won't. Then I buy a tag and then go hard for like a couple weeks or a couple days, maybe a week, and then it's just kind of like, eh, okay. Have you, do you find yourself like me uh, getting burned out with stuff? Like, I will get a bow tag for turkey hunting here in Iowa. In our, in our uh, season, uh, if you're a bow hunter, you can get a bow tag that lasts the whole entire season. Right. You know, gun, you have to be specific, but the archery season lasts the whole entire month. And... Um, you know, deer hunting, uh, the archery season lasts from October 1st until January 15. You know, you can go, well, I guess there's a couple breaks in there for slug season, but, um, you know, and, and fishing, you know, I don't know once, you know, say once walleye opens or, you know, even going after bass or going after bluegills, I'm, I'm this type of guy that kind of obsesses over stuff like I've been guilty of opening day of turkey hunting starting to go and go 10 days straight and then don't freaking go again because yeah. I, you know, I've you just, I've overdone out. it yeah. and I've, I'm just not even interested. You know, I've done it with deer hunting where, you know, October, you know, October 10th, you start going and you go for two weeks straight and you don't get anything. You burn yourself out and then the rut comes around, and you know, but I've, kind of, right. I've done it with fishing too. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, you, you kind of almost put yourself into a slump because, you know, you obsess over it, you obsess over it, you obsess over it. And I don't know, you know, I don't want to sit here and tell anybody to, you know, Hey, don't go as much as what you feel like. But if you ever start feeling like it's kind of starting to be get a, getting to be a drag, then take a little bit of time off of it a little bit and then go again. Yeah. You know, give yourself a little bit. I don't especially, know. I don't know if I get that feeling as much with fishing. Especially, right? Me either. But especially if you don't have as many successful trips, right? 
you know, obviously turkey hunting or hunting in general, you could go out and man, you go for hard for a couple of days and you, you don't see any or don't hear yep. any, uh, fishing. It just seems like there, at least you can move around a little bit, switch species, right? It's just like, well, okay, let's go, let's try to target this then today. You know? At the end so, of the day, you can always try going for panfish, Right. And, you know, then you catch them. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, you know, I don't know. It, it'd be pretty tough to go to a lake that you know has a decent bluegill population. I think it's different, like, as far as fishing goes, is if you live right there, it's a little easier just to go, and then if it's not, if you're not doing real well, just to get off the water and you know go home. Whereas if, like for our situation, you got to drive a thousand an hour. miles from nowhere, right? You drive an hour to go fishing. It's just like, well, you know, we're gonna try to make it. So, th- but then the next time it comes around, it makes your decision a little bit more like, no, nah, maybe not today. You know, maybe I'm just not feeling it today, so I don't go. And then all, then you're sitting there like, man, I should have went. Right. And you can't anymore. Whereas if you like lived in the town where the lake is, I mean, you can be like, man, I'm going to go out. And then you don't feel like, or if you're just like, man, I really don't feel like it today. Then all of a sudden you're just like, you know what? I do want to go fishing. Yep. I mean, you can be at the lake in 10 minutes and go. Do you feel like, so the other day I saw a guy talk about, you know, some walleyes. And this is a, a guy that has, you know, is always cracking them right here in the tri-state area. And uh, he talked about how he thought some of these walleyes were getting to the point of, of already being spawned out. Really? Do you believe that? I guess some of them could be. The females, the big females might be. Okay, so that's what he said. He said he, he thinks that they are spawning, you know, getting close to being spawned out, uh, uh, some of them. And, and I don't know, like every single year I'm like, man, you know, next year. Next year, you know, the second the ice goes out, I'm getting that boat out and I'm going out there to try catching, you know, pre-spawn walleyes or, you know, doing all this stuff. And I never do it. Right. I never freaking do it. I I always have, you know, this year I'm going to do more fall fishing. Never do it. What the frick's wrong with me? Uh, I think a lot of people get that way, though. It's like when you don't have something that you really want and then when all of a sudden it's just like you do, finally it gets here. You know, you get busy. Yeah, there's times like it's got to line up with your schedule and stuff. I mean, some of the best early year, early season like walleye fishing is night fishing. Right. One well, is going out. You know, after dark with the waders or on the shoreline and pitching jigs and doing all that stuff. Well, I mean, you got a young family, uh, busy. The, you got work. I mean, and again, you got to drive. Is the other thing that everybody thinks it's going to be? 70 degrees and yeah, ice? I think so. I think that could be it. It's just like you think of, when you think open water fishing, you think in shorts and a t-shirt and just hanging out. Then all of a sudden it's just like, rain oh, suit, it's like 50. Base layers, right. you know. And, and I think those dudes that are out there that are really targeting big fish, you know, early in the year, look at them, man. They're bundled up in their oh, ice yeah. fishing gear yet, you know. Right. I mean, they've... They, totally they've got gloves on they're not uh they're not in flip-flops and so i think that's the biggest thing you know everybody even just thinks well you know 55 degrees and and sunny just not windy well this is the time of the year where you know it, it kind of rains and it kind of uh it blows and it gets cold fast in right. the evening right as soon as that sun starts going down it drops you know it can drop 20 degrees just like that yep so. That has that probably has a lot to do with it. I I don't know. Maybe I'm dead wrong on that, but I don't know. I know I drop the ball every single year, over and over, and yeah, is what it is. I guess. Uh, you talk. We we talked there about temperatures, Matt. You know, some of some of the temperatures uh, for spawning fish is something that I I feel like probably a lot of the guys pay attention to, but maybe some people just don't even really realize it. What was the temperatures you saw today? Well, out on the... The highest I saw today was 46. The lowest I saw was 42. Okay. And obviously, you were going after the smallmouth bass. Uh, The walleyes is closed on the Iowa Great Lakes. But uh, the smallmouth bass, from what I can tell, uh, a spawning temperature of 59 to 60 degrees. Yep. 
And that's kind of when they're going to they're gonna hit the spawn. So, I mean, those fish today that you caught, I mean, those were thick fish. Like, Yeah, they were. They are very thick. Uh, walleyes uh, down. I know that they always talk about the Magic 42 number. Yep. But on this chart that I found, it's 45 to 50. Uh, I wonder, I mean, would that be 42 degrees is, is more of a surface temp that you're getting on the boat and, you know, you probably get five, five, eight degrees or, or five, eight feet down and, and maybe you're going to go up right. a, a couple degrees. I don't know. Is that right? But yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, I, I mean, I still 42 th- is I the think, number you always hear, right? Right. I still think that that 42 to 45 is when like those big females first will drop their eggs. Are you thinking that uh, this chart that I found is, is kind of like <laughs> we're going to pull pull a fast one on them? They, yeah. These guys are going to be late. They got there's they're all in the general general area. I mean, I think most people know that you know, with, as far as walleyes go in that lower 40 degrees is when it's going to start. I mean, the males, you start catching males that are milking, so that means that the females are obviously probably right. dropping their eggs. So, do you think? And and they, they're you know they always have these ranges, you know some just are early spawners and some are hold on right. to them for a while and spawn late. Do you think that there's spots on lakes that, like way up on the north end, these fish are spawning way before the fish like on the south end? You know, depending on how deep some water is in between there uh that could have something to do with it and you know just the water temp from one end of the lake to the other end right right that's what i'm yeah you know i mean obviously think about a a a fishery like spirit lake you know you get up into the northeast corner of spirit lake and there's a lot more shallower water right where you know you kind of go more towards the middle and you know on some of these big points you can go from you know 17 feet uh eight feet pretty fast oh yeah for sure so i don't know it just i just i just think that as far as like that with the spawning you got the early ones with like the northerns that do it as soon as the ice comes out yeah sometimes they're spawning like when there's still ice on the water and then you know the walleye and then after the walleye everything kind of waits a little bit after that until it gets up into that mid 50s to lower 60s before things really start you know spawning right so that's that's one nice thing about it is you know that pre-spawn range or that temperature stuff uh that's when the fish are kind of putting on the feed bag a little bit and then you know after the spawn it takes a little bit there's kind of a little bit of a lull where they're not real active they're recovering from the spawn i think that's when i normally start getting (laughs) the water and then and then they go full feed bag and start eating again but I think it's just crazy, you know, when you talk about spawning, how much of how much a fish changes from before the spawn to after the spawn. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, how much a fish, you know, just before the spawn to after the spawn, but how much that same fish can change, you know, when when you get to July. Right. You know, we we caught some fish last year out on Spirit Lake. Me, Grady, my brother, and Aubrey. Uh, we were out there. I, I think it was July or August. Nah, it wasn't August, but sometime in July. Maybe it was even 4th of July weekend, and it was just hotter than blazes out there. And uh, we were actually worried about even catching these fish because we knew that even the water temp was was getting up there, and, and it, right. you know maybe wasn't the best idea to be jerking fish around or whatever. But but we were we were as careful as what we could be, blah, blah, blah. And we caught a couple, I caught one fish that was probably, I don't know, in the low 20s as far as inch wise. And uh, I mean, this thing was skinny as a rail. Yeah. Like looked like a damn broomstick. And you know, that, that same fish, well, I mean, assuming that it was probably a female, maybe it wasn't, but I mean, that thing could have been a freaking balloon back in this time of year. Exactly. Or in the fall. Yeah. It is. It's just. It's just nuts how much they change. That, that goes back to my deal, that says, that's why state record fish should go off inches. <laughs> it should. No, because there's a lot of thirty inch walleyes. There's not a lot of twelve pound thirty inch walleyes. Yeah, you're right because you can only get them for just a couple months. Right. 
That's why you got to go out there at the right time of year to get them. Can't just catch them all year long. I I will I would argue this until I was green in the face. It should go off inches. Nope. A twelve inch bluegill. That's long, but you know it's going to weigh a lot. Whereas, you know, a, you we might both catch an eleven inch bluegill, but yours might weigh a half a pound more than mine. And I'm not going to sit there and say, but they're the same length. They're the same size fish. You're just going to say, mine weighed more. Even if yours was 10 inches and was a pound bigger than mine, you'd still break that it weighed more than... So if you caught a 27-inch walleye that weighed 10 pounds, that would hold a better spot in your heart than a 32-inch walleye that weighed... 10 pounds. Eight and a half? Yeah. I'm going for the weight. Going for weight. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> no nope just think that about is, just think what a 10 pound 27 inch walleye would look like how freakishly i get that, that i get look. that but i mean I, I i'm still gonna go by weight i haven't decided yet i, I haven't decided haven't. yet i i'm still trying to convince you well, you know, you think about like, part of part of me takes my stance just because you have the other right. stance. Well, I know, and you got to do that. You know, we're talking about water temperature, and I was just thinking about that. You know, like how lethargic some of these fish are. We're during. not talking water temperature. We're talking length of fish. Oh, we are right okay, now. Okay, now we're going back to we're water going temperature back because I got something in my head, and you know, you you start thinking about not like a these, brain. No, there's not much up there. Uh, not hair no that's all gone <laughs> no hair no brain. okay i'm gonna let you talk now man anyways no you it kind of relates to like with us as humans you know with water temperatures and stuff like that fish get more active you know when the water starts warming up people start getting more active as the temperatures outside get up you know you start seeing people outside and doing a lot more stuff and then uh, as it gets really hot, you don't see as many people outside. So then it's just like with fishing, it kind of dies down when it gets really, really hot. So, And then again in the fall, you know, it starts getting close to winter time. So we're all outside again. We're getting active. We're trying to get all our yard work done and everything. And fish, they're trying to feed up for that fall, for that winter time, so they can hunker down under the ice. So, And in the winter, we're outside, but we're not moving super fast. That's we're just right. kind of lollygagging around. Unless, of course, we don't have a coat and we're running in. <laughs> then, where'd you come up with that comparison? I was thinking about it today out on the lake because I was just like, as you're kind of working your lure and all that stuff, and you're just like, you know, 42 degrees when I first started fishing, and then as the water got up and I got into that active school of fish, it was boom. I mean, they were starting to, you know, get after it a little bit. And I was like, you know, I suppose it, it warms up five degrees and it can make a world of difference. And all of a sudden they start getting a little bit more active. So there you go, people. I mean, he is ugly, but every once in a while he is, he is smart. <laughs> Close my eyes and throw the <laughs> dart at the dartboard and I actually hey, hit it. Hey, it hit. It hit. <laughs> Man, Dot. I think we're at a point in the show where we can talk a little bit about your fishing trip today. Uh, tell us what you were using, where you were at. I know you kind of already mentioned that, uh, uh, but uh, oh, you, you were using a technique that is probably not, uh, I don't know, maybe it's more popular than what I think, but I mean, it, it's definitely not the most popular technique. And right. It's something a smidge different. Right. I was using, what I finally started catching them on was a blade bait. And a blade bait is exactly as the name says. It looks like a little blade. Um, it's got it's weighted, um, usually towards the front end of it, so it kind of dies nose down. And when you you just kind of rip it, is what you do. I was letting it fall, and I'd rip it up off the bottom, and let it fall to the bottom, and let it rip it, and then ripping it off. And then sometimes it's a real good cold water bait because um, it's got a real tight vibration and tight shimmy and then on a sunny day because smallmouth loves the sun you know it sends off some flash and you almost work it like a jig at times there's different ways you can work it but today i was kind of working it like a jig like just picking it up and letting it fall and then you'd feel them every once in a while you know sometimes they'd come and hit it when it was on the bottom and then other times 
as it was falling, you could feel that tick just like you would with a jig bite, and then you'd set the hook. So, okay, that's what I was using. <clears throat> we're gonna we're gonna get into this. I'm gonna I'm gonna really pick your brain on this. What action rod are you running that on? A medium. A medium action spinning rod. Spinning rod. Yep. Spinning rod. Yeah. Uh, and then what are you using for line on that? I had super line on there. I braided line with a fluorocarbon leader. Okay. That's kind of what I'd run on all my 12, spinnings. 12 pound. Yeah. 12 pound. I think 10 or 12 pound braided line to a eight pound leader. Okay. So then you're, you're bomb casting that out. Yeah. Bomb cast or just a round structure. I mean, if you find where the school is and stuff like that, you just kind of pinpoint cast it. That's one nice thing about it when it's windy out like this. I mean, I think I the one I had on might have been like three eighths or a half ounce. So okay, I mean, a little bit heavier, a little bit a... heavier. So then you can, yeah, you can really get a good cast on that. Yep, Fl- uh, flinging her out there a ways, and then letting her drop all the way before yep. you're closing your bale. Bale. Yep. And you know, kind of. Like putting a little tension on there and then just a good solid rip with yep, the tip of your it, rod. You'll feel it vibrate as it comes up and then it will fall. And then oh, you it, feel it vibrate? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it's got a tight little vibration okay. to it. So, And and so you just kind of give her a good solid rip and yep. sometimes there's fish there, sometimes there's not. And, and sometimes, and, like, right. Sometimes when you go to rip it, all of a sudden it's just, boom, something's there. And then every once in a while you'll, like, if there's some weeds, if you're near weeds, you'll rip it out of the weeds and sometimes that'll trigger a bite yep uh, right now over at spirit lake there was kind of like some slimy stuff on the bottom so sometimes okay. it's harder to fish those you got to find yep. a hard bottom to fish them on so if you can find like sand gravel stuff like that that's usually when they you only know, have your most success with it um what what brand are you actually using on that i was using a johnson a johnson yeah i can't remember what they're called johnson blade bait uh, Matt just can't help but having a Johnson in his hand. Had a big Johnson out there, so <laughs> that's a little Johnson vibrating it. But I I do see that uh, um, Acme V Rod yeah. is uh, is one of them. There's a lot uh, of them. They've been around for a long time. You They're... know that's that's crazy. You know, I, before this and and you guys this th- this is what I truly believe makes this show great. Is uh, I'll sit here and and absolutely ramble about pure bull crap the whole entire time not really know much of what i'm talking about where then all of a sudden matt is over here and uh you know i do more talking but matt actually probably knows what's going on most of the time you know there i'm not gonna lie to you there's probably some times where if we're talking to a guest they could absolutely fill my head with bs and i'd just be like oh no kidding all right yeah where matt you might uh, kind of listen to it and be like eh, it didn't exactly sound quite right but <laughs> it, was, it was a johnson thin fisher is what i was johnson using. thin fisher yeah have you seen the rapala rap v blade yeah, bait? i've seen those there's, a, there's that is scary as shit yeah, i know there's some scary like if looking i'm ones. if i'm a smallmouth or or a walleye and that's 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 one thing that we we need to touch on here you know, right now, Matt is particularly targeting smallmouth because, like we said, walleye season is closed. And, you know, the, it is what it is right now. But this is a pretty solid technique a little bit later on for walleye, too. Right. Yeah. Any time when the the water temperature is down there, uh, bladed bait, I mean, ripping one of those along. There's some guys, like, out in the Great Lakes that, like, do something that they call, like, flopping it. They kind of take that or a rattle trap and they just sit there and like kind of shake their rod with it and it just kind of flips back and forth over kind of mimicking a dying minnow down yep. on the bottom and, yep. and a and little then bit of sound come up and hit it so all right so i'm i'm looking here on my phone going through you know we got a mega bass dyna response uh captain jay's blade baits jackal keyburn blade bait what do you think takes the cake as the best named bait best name bait yep like all around just the best name the best name um i don't know i don't know like some of some of those uh you know like fritz side you know like yeah. i i that i don't know well, i mean when your name is david fritz like you know it, i don't know it just sounds good 
But they're, they're, you know, like little Johns. Yeah. I think that uh, Snake Proof has like the fat frog or something like that, but it's a P-H-A-T frog. Uh, 13 Plastics, they get some they pretty good some names. crazy stuff sometimes. Yeah, they, they, I don't know, I think... B-A-M-F, that's, I like that. Badass mother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you their know... donkey I, sauce with their... Donkey sauce, like... Sometimes I wonder if they're on drugs when they're coming up with this stuff. <laughs> well, there's some companies like Cal- out in California. There's a lot of them that have like um, marijuana smoking reference names. That's... Like California 420 is like a really? color. Uh, Mary Jane. So, I don't know. There's, <laughs> I guess, whatever you want to. Reaction Innovations has some good good ones too. Like the beaver base. You know, the sweet beaver, the spicy beaver. Uh, the pole dancer, the, they got them. I mean, I, I need a, I need a job where I just strictly come up with cool names. I go. mean, don't expect much out of me. It's going to take me about four weeks to come up with one name, but I'm not going to lie to you. You know who I, I really do think has some good names. Who's that? Your buddies over at the Guggen squad. Uh, they do. They do. They just copy Lunker else's. Va- I, I'm not saying that their baits are great. I'm not whatever. The Bandito Bug. Bandito Bug. Lunker Log. Like, that's a pretty cool name. Yeah. They're just Kraken Craw. Yeah, they're just doing that just to sell them. Whatever. I mean, that's what everyone else is doing it for, too. Right. Uh, they, got a, they got a chatter bait called the clickbait. Yeah. That's pretty cool because they're clickbait guys right. anyways. All right. Matt didn't think it was nearly as neat as what I did. No, I get it. They, yep, their names, they're cool. <clears throat> Do you know that they've got live bait now? Really? Live bait that comes in a little, uh, comes in a little tub, you know, a little, I don't know, a little dish, we'll call it, and it doesn't need to be refrigerated, and it's like Belgian worms okay. that are dyed like Guggen Green. <laughs> I want to, like, how do, how do they get these larvae and stuff like that, different colors? What do they do? I don't know. I think they inject them with radioactive material. <laughs> I don't know how the hell they do that. It has to be something, like, with their bedding or something or whatever they feed them. I don't know. Like, I I know, like, you don't like the Googans, and, and I'm, you know, I, I think that a lot of times they're kind of crybabies and whatnot, but holy moly, are those dudes, like, freaking... Like, they are literally here to take over. They're trying to. Well, whatever, but I mean... They're you ever, not going to. Well, I just so happened... Uh, I'll, I'll watch the YouTube stuff, and, uh, you know, I mean, I could be watching Mindac Outdoors, and all of a sudden it'll go into a Sobe episode, and then all of a sudden it'll go into a Fishing More episode, and then it'll go into an In-Depth Outdoors, and, you know, it just kind of goes all around. Well, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was John B. or maybe it was a Flare episode or maybe it was an AP Bass, and I don't even know what it was. But, like, you know, their freaking warehouse that they got down there. It's crazy. It's huge. Right. Freaking stacked up with freaking boats, pickups, classic cars. Like, They're I don't know. For all I know. They are, but, I mean, if, they're, if they keep investing this and, and these people keep going bananas... I'm pretty sure Flair has like 2 million base or uh, YouTube followers. YouTube. I mean, that's freaking crazy. Oh, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. They, I mean, their YouTube success speaks for itself. Uh, they got that younger generation going nuts over their stuff. But I think that's a lot of that is like, you know, it's what they're growing up with, like this new generation of fishermen is it's all they see you know they watch all their stuff on youtube so that's where they're getting like oh you know these dudes are using this and you go into all the stores and all the stores have it now so that's what i mean they've done a good job with their marketing and everything like that their target audience and stuff like that um they're starting to get some of the professional fishermen they're sponsoring them so that's going to help them out a lot too so i think i think they kind of got that that younger crowd like that target range, I think they've got that locked down for themselves. I mean, is it fair to say that this YouTube deal has to dry up at some point? Or is it, I mean... Dry up, I think it's going to get watered down. I think that there's going to be so many, like, YouTube, like, fishermen, 
things like that. that when I think it already, I mean, it's already hit that point. Like, I mean, I will take for instance, Sobe up there in, in Minnesota. Like I personally love his content. Yeah, he does. I, a good I job. personally love his content, and I think he's sitting at like fifty thousand YouTube followers, and and to me that's just freaking crazy. It's like, dude, like everybody should be watching this. Like I, I feel like he he brings a good attitude. He's not trespassing on people's property. Like does some educational type stuff. Right. Yep. I mean, he he. I, I don't know. I just I feel like. I think he should be bigger than like what some of them Googling guys are. One and and, that, and I think like you said earlier with the clickbait, the shock value of it, I think that's where they get a lot of their stuff. But I mean, even Sobe tries for clickbait stuff. You right. know, I mean, you know, they they do that, and I, I just I, I don't know. It it kind of makes you wonder if you know, and and Sobe has been doing it for a while. Murray's been doing it for a while. You know, is is it a have we gotten to a point now where? Guys coming in with this whole YouTube fishing deal, like there's not enough room for everybody anymore. I mean, they're, oh, yeah. they're I, I don't know. You're going to have to figure out what you can do to separate yourself from everybody else. Well, right. Everybody's like, everybody's kind of done the copying thing now. Like when they all first came in, they were the first ones kind of doing it. Then everybody else kind of modeled themselves after those guys. And I feel like there's a lot of like a lot of the same stuff out there. So now it's going to take somebody different. Like what? Like what do you bring that's different? Right, so. you're going to have to be a kayak fisherman instead, or something. something. You're gonna you know, have like to... Maverick, Mav, right? With Mav the camping. Yeah, yeah, he got into the truck camping deal, and he literally exploded. He went from like forty thousand YouTube followers to like two hundred. I I think he went from two hundred thousand to three hundred thousand in like a month. Right. Seriously, like I think he's over three hundred thousand. And yet again, there too. That's it's such a niche, like it takes the right person to sit down there and want to watch somebody sleep. <laughs> right, know, right. It's right. like you're not wrong. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, sometimes sometimes they do stuff where it's like, okay, this is how the setup is, but sometimes it's just they're sitting there and you're like watching stealth them talk. Camp, stealth camping in a Walmart tar- parking lot. Right. That's what he does. Right. And it's just like, okay, like, all right, like, you know, what do I all need if I want to do this? Like, what what are some right. like, pros cons? Like, what are some things I need to look for? And I get into it. Like, well, right. I'm not I mean, even a truck camper. Right. And you know what? You want to know it's freaking crazy. Like, I used to sit right here in front of this podcast table, over on those couches, and watch the TV right there. My wife would be upstairs watching the TV. I'd be down here. And once we had this baby, I needed to be upstairs. You know, giving Kayla a hand. You know, doing doing whatever. And so we started watching all this YouTube stuff up there. Like, Kayla doesn't fish, but I think, like, now she knows who Sobe is. She right. knows who Jay Siemens is. She, like, even last night we were watching the new Uncut Angling, and she's like, this dude's crazy. I'm like, yeah, you <laughs> bet your ass he is. <laughs> like, right. I mean, right. You know? I don't know. It just, I, I feel like when when they are doing this whole vlogging deal, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like even people that maybe aren't that much into fishing, they get captivated by that person. I'm not into truck camping, but right. but for some reason, you like, I feel ca- like yes. Maverick should yep. be my friend. Right. Like you said, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, if somebody's going to do the YouTube stuff, it's, you've got to be that way. You can't be dull in front of the screen. Right. Because then maybe you're better off being behind the screen. You might be a great videographer, but not real good in front of the screen. And uh, sometimes sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's like, okay, do what you do best. If you're really good at videoing and editing and doing all that stuff, stick that. to that. Yep. Stick to that. And then maybe find somebody that's really good in front of the camera that's not so good with the vid- like the editing part of it and stuff like that and work as a team and like do it or... Or if anything, you got to start working on like some of your skills, your in front of camera skills. But I guess sometimes that comes with just being in front of the camera a right. lot of the time. Well, you know, I mean, I think a lot of these, a lot of these great YouTubers. You know, I think if you ask Jay Siemens, uh, "Hey, do you think you're a great fisherman?" You know, I think he would probably say, "Well, I feel like I'm pretty good," but you know, I I feel like Aaron Weebs may be a better fisherman, and you know what? He's probably not wrong. But Jay Siemens is a spectacular videographer. Right. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be special 
and and kind of come out of your shell and well and, it is awkward i mean it is awkward to oh, sit there dude, and stare, at, tried a camera, doing it stare at a camera and talk into it and it's try awkward to be, enough having a podcast right, right here right you know and try to like be exciting and be like okay and the, by yourself right that's by what yourself. i mean that's the biggest and thing. not being so awkward and uh and not being embarrassed a little bit too because right. you're doing it and there might be people around you but you got to do this that's i mean that's one thing i'll always give credit to those people that are very good vloggers that i mean they can be out in public and they can do it and there might be people around and around. they don't give a shit yeah and people might be kind of that's poking, two swear words on this poking episode. fun at them or something like that so no but i mean I, I i don't i don't personally think that i could do this podcast without you you know i i think that well, i you. need that's the nicest thing well i mean i mean like <laughs> wow <laughs> with you here I always know that I won't be the ugliest guy on the show. You guys didn't see it, but he just did a Jerry Maguire right there to me. He looked at me and did the whole, you complete me. I did not. <laughs> I did not do that. I would never do that, even if there was a fire. No. You have to. You have to because you're a volunteer fire department no, fireman, not. so you have to rescue me no matter what. You took that mm-hmm. oath. Mm-mm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stumble on the way in. I'm gonna stumble <laughs> on the way in. You know, Two Picks Hicks is a volunteer firefighter. Well, that's awesome. Down in Rudd, Iowa. I don't think that they probably get a ton of calls, but hey, that's good. That's right. That's a good thing. That is exactly right. But uh, I'm in Rock Rapids, Iowa. We don't get a ton of calls. But uh, no, no. What I was trying to say here before Matt like tried to get freaking goofy with me and wink at me and whatnot is. I just, I am not a person that could probably just ramble on by myself right. all the time where, you know, those YouTubers, you don't always get to have another person with you all the time. No. And, uh, yeah. So then there's that Matt Humminbird mega live. Is it ever going to come out? Is it ever going to come out? I, I literally like, and I don't even think the people that are like representing Humminbird even know. Right. Because like. I was watching Brandon Polinick here a while back and he was talking about, you know, this mega live that was going to be coming out here in the next couple weeks. Well, that was like three or ago. four months ago already. So what, what, is, I don't know what the holdup is. going on. I don't know what the holdup is. Do you, is it possible that they had it? They thought, you know, like, all right, let's re- get ready to bring it to market here. And they put it in the hands of some of their pros and some of their pros were like, mm, we're going to need to be a little bit better than this because no one's going to spend this much money. I mean, is that it, possible? It could be. I mean, I, I mean, applaud them if that is what it is. That You know, at least they tapped on the brakes hard enough. You know, I mean, the software, I mean, the equipment is there. They can change up the software, make it more user-friendly. Maybe that's what it was. But, like, I mean, Brandon Polinick, I've got to think, is in the know. Right. People, people are chomping at the bit and they want it. I mean, now's when we, you know, now's right. when people want it, man. Right. So, I mean, they got to get it out here. Otherwise, people are going to start buying live scopes and active targets and stuff like that instead to have that technology. I guess. I mean, I don't know. You, yeah. It, it was supposed to be what took the whole entire market by storm, you know. And First, it was, waiting. you know, Lawrence is, <laughs> you know, oh, man, you know, that was. You know, wow, Lawrence, but oh, you just wait until Humminbird comes out. Well, the, by and, the time they get it released and into everybody's hands, it's gonna, there's going to be a new version. Right. Because it's I mean, electronics, and that's the way it always goes. How long until live sco- or how long until Garmin comes, comes? I mean, maybe Garmin's got something in their back pocket that they're just waiting for Humminbird to release, and all of a sudden, boom. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> checkmate. <bad>. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it, it's crazy because, uh, you know, not that I'm going to be buying it. I I don't know. I really thought that I was going to be buying a live scope. And, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it just hasn't happened. But uh, um, I don't know. You know, I, I'd like to see what I'd like to see what Humminbird's going to bring to market here. And, you know, maybe going into next year, I, I would still say right now, I feel, I would feel most comfortable with buying Garmin. Right. It seems like that's what everybody's going with. I mean, I don't think the rant sucks. I mean, no. I think it's, uh, you know, Jay Siemens kind of did a head, head, head to head, uh, 
um, you know, deal back and forth. And, and he said, you know, the Lawrence is awesome. You know, I mean, it's, you're not at any disadvantage by getting that, but, uh, he, he thought that the Garmin was, you know, maybe just a, a smidge faster and whatnot. I don't know. You see a lot of the pros running both on their, you know, running Garmin and, you know, if they're hummingbird guys. Yeah. So. Right, right. Yeah, they, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. They need to get it out. Matt, you got a good news story? You know, my good news story isn't particularly like. Hold on. Nope, nope, go ahead. It, oh. It's it's championship for NCAA basketball. We'll hit that right. after good news stories. And we also have a tournament this week. We do. We fantasy got... fishing. Okay, hold on. Fantasy Matt, fishing? Fantasy fishing first. Get uh, that in. Yep. Sabine, Sabine River. Sabine? Sabine. There Sabine we go. River. Sabine. Sabine Saban, River. Saban, I think, Sabine. I'm not 100% sure, but I think like the Sabine River is maybe like a border water between Texas and Mexico. Uh, I don't know about Texas and Mexico. Sabine River. Let me look it up. I do know that the weights usually aren't real high. Ah, jeez. But this this could be one of them tournaments where a guy... It, is, you are right, Matt. It is not in between. Uh, I thought that I had heard that, that you can only fish on half the river there. No. Not that I know of. Maybe I'm talking about something else. Yeah, I'm whatever. about Lake Fork, maybe. Really? You can only... No. Or Falcon, Falcon Lake. Falcon, Falcon Lake, yeah. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. But Sabine River, hopefully they catch some big ones. I don't hopefully. know. After, after the last time with that slugfest, right. I still haven't drawn for those t-shirts. <laughs> and I'm going to. I'm going to. You're going to get it done. Yep. Uh, yeah, so get your lineup set uh, for the Sabine River. Um, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it's too late. Yep. Get her done before then. We're sorry that we came out a, a day late. That was my fault. I kind of dropped the ball, and it was Easter, oh, and life, life happened. And, and Sometimes uh, sometimes we have them on Monday I went on a business some, trip last right, week. I went on a business trip to Tampa. Big wheeler dealer over yeah, here. You better watch out for me, man. I'm just I'm just a freaking old businessman. Yeah, he's one. He's he's very well known in in, parts in of the, the business on Wall Street. You could say I'm kind of you know I mean. I'm I'm well known in the fishing world, even better known in the business world. That's right. I mean, uh, I've co-authored a lot of business books. <laughs> I've seen them, not read them, seen them. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, March Madness. March Madness, Matt. Uh, so, so it's tonight, which you guys are going to be hearing this tomorrow morning. Right. So we can't change our mind now. Who you got? Gonzaga. You got the Zags. I want to see an undefeated team. You do? Yep. You do. See, I was talking to a guy today, and he said he did not want to see an see, undefeated team. I'm, I'm over that stuff. I want to see it. It's been too long. 70, needs, 70, 76, I think 76. it was, Indiana. Okay. I, it needs to happen. It does. It does. Just you so, so? Just so, so other teams can have something to strive for and get after. And Sometimes it's all right. There's a lot of... In this NCAA tournament that so far, I mean, you you've seen it. There's been a lot of you know parody in it. There's a lot of upsets and stuff like that. Sometimes it's all right for a team to go out there and just win them all. Would you? Who were you going for between UCLA and Gonzaga? You were going for the Zags there oh, too. Yeah. I just didn't know it if you changed your mind at this point new. because I mean, a number eleven has a number yeah. eleven ever won it before? I don't think so. And then you would know, have been incredible. Mark Few, I, I'm a big Mark Few fan. Head coach for Gonzaga, always. You been. know what I heard today? What? Heard he's one of the front runners to go down to North Carolina. Oh really? Well, he should be. I mean, but I think that he'll stick where where he's at because he's had a lot of success there. You think he's going? I'm just saying. I was listening this morning to Dan Patrick Show because I love it. I'm not telling you guys to listen to a different podcast, but Dan Patrick Show. Like, I'm not a sports guy. Like, I'm truly not, but those dudes are freaking hilarious, and that is a well-put-together show. You can tell that they got a little bit more money back in that show <laughs> than what we do, but I, I don't know. It's it's fun. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's just a good show if, if you if you ever look it up. They got, uh, and I, me and Dan Teaslink, actually, one year ago you yesterday, went, we went up to, maybe it was two years ago two yesterday, years ago we went up to the Dan Patrick uh, meet-and-greet at uh in minneapolis 
That was pretty cool. And I didn't even know them dudes. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't know anyone. It was just me and Dan. Who so, you got? I am gonna... Well, since you got Gonzaga, I'm going with Baylor. I just hope it's as good as a game as the UCLA Gonzaga It, it ain't gonna. What did you do? What did you do when that last second buzzer beater went in? I was sitting upstairs in the kitchen at the table watching the game. You got up and helicoptered. The, the cat was sitting on the table. The dog was downstairs. You kicked the cat off the table? I didn't kick her off the table, but <laughs> I jumped up and I was like, oh my God, he made it. You know, and it's like, yep. holy buckets. And the cat jumped all the way off the table down to the, onto the floor. No, oh. onto the floor and like took off. And it, when it, the cat gets scared, its tail gets like five times bigger than <laughs> it. it gets puffy, like huge puffy. It like was like, whoa, what the heck is that? The dog comes sprinting up the stairs. The cat's like, what the hell's going on? Turns and hisses at the dog like, I don't know what the hell's going on, you know, and stuff like that. And Me and Kayla are watching it, and that shot goes in. Our baby is sleeping, and Kayla flies out of the chair, and she's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, shut the hell up. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, I, I wanted to be excited, but I also didn't feel like sitting up for another three hours. Right. So. So hopefully it's cool. just a good game. That was cool. Yep, yep, no doubt about it. So uh, Baylor for me, Gonzaga for Matt, for no real reason than just to be against Matt. Sounds good. Yep. And then what are we, I don't know, what are we going to go to? Then World of Outlaws sprint car racing after this? Yeah, we will. I mean, it is dirt track racing is starting, so. Hell yeah. On to that. That's the next best sport besides fishing. I'd say so. Football and yeah, I, well, I mean football for I mean for real, but I mean especially when we got that dirt track racer across the road from me. Right, there's nothing better than the smell Jeremy of racing fuel. Jeremy Clausen, I mean one of the most decorated B mod racers to ever be in the tri-state area. You go down to Friday nights here in town, and you go down to the racetrack, and you get that first whiff of that racing fuel. Right, it's just like oh yeah. If any of you guys listen to this are actually into dirt track racing and you guys come to Rock Rapid Speedway, look us up. There's yeah. a chance we might be there. No doubt. And then Matt, Matt, he just said to me that he's offering to buy you cheese balls. Cheese balls. Cheese balls. All right. <clears throat> Good news story. Sorry I sorry I nope. interrupted. No, nope. we had to do that housekeeping. Yep. My good news story, I guess, I mean... It's not like a good news story, so to say. Um, it's a bad news story? Well, my sixth grade teacher passed away this oh, past geez. week. She uh, liked a lot of our she, stuff, too. She liked a lot of our stuff. Miss Blumgren, Jean Blumgren was her name. Uh, unexpectedly, uh, she was 82, I think is what it was. She wrote her own obituary. It's kind of cool. Did she really? Yeah. Nice. It was, was kind of... Kind of different reading it. That takes some her, real courage. Right, from her point of view and stuff like that. But, I mean, she, you know, stayed in Ellsworth after she retired many years ago, was a huge supporter of all of the athletics and programs up there. Uh, all of us kids, she always kept in contact with you over social media. Like you said, liked a ton of my stuff, a ton of, you know, our stuff off the, from the podcast and everything like that. Love fishing and all that stuff. So, I guess today, like... When I was out there fishing a little bit today, I kind of was, you know, dedicating those fish to her. Yeah. Because she was always pretty proud of seeing all those online. And every time I would go back home, if I'd run into her, we'd talk fishing and everything like that. So, and let's be honest, any teacher that had you that, <sighs> that, <laughs> right, that didn't I, say, I'm never talking to that piece of junk again. Right. Like, <laughs> that's pretty, they, pretty notable. There's still a lot of them that, like, when they hear what I'm doing, they're just like, what? Like, you're talking about a different Matt Deitch, right? <laughs> He's doing what? He's a so, teacher? Yeah. That's so, the blind leading the blind. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> How about yours? Uh, I am going to say my good news story is uh, for the people. Holy moly. Going off the... What a rookie move. I think I think in 118 episodes, that's the first time my phone's ever gone off during a during a podcast <laughs> i apologize to that about that guys but anyways uh uh my goodness story is going to be going out to the people of the black hills of south dakota um 
they obviously everyone has seen that they have been battling some fires out there and i believe today the day that this podcast is coming out tuesday um the april 6th i believe that they are going to be getting a winter storm that's supposed to be dumping rain sleet snow and that's not normally a good thing but uh they need it it is yeah they they need it and you know it's pretty crazy when i'll bet you that if you would go out there and ask the people of the black hills hey is it all right if we dump six feet of snow on you right now they'd probably be like uh yes please we need it god dang it like i mean talk about just a it's a bad you know i mean well heck me and you were just talking you talked to a guy that was out uh he believes that our lakes here in our area are possibly over two foot lower than normal right i mean out there man you you get all that pine beetle uh stuff and then you mix that with moisture they need it bad and so hopefully 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 uh this winter storm is all it was cracked up to be and they get you know I don't know, hopefully feet of snow, inches of rain, you know, a bunch of sleet, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone out there would, uh, would be just a okay with that. So yeah, that'd be my good news story. I don't know how much of an actual, I don't know for say good news story it actually is, but, uh, yeah, that'll be that. Hopefully next week we can say it's a good news story. And that's right. So, all right, guys, uh, you know, I, I want to say that I, I am apologizing that uh, we haven't had a guest for the last little bit. Um, as I mentioned last week, I was gone for work. Um, the week before that, uh, um, we, we lost a babysitter. And yeah, it just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Life has been happening and uh, just hasn't been happening the way we thought it was going to. So uh, yeah, hopefully we come back and have a few guests and yeah, rock and roll. So All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Later.